Praise the Lord this morning. Uh, get your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Matthew 7. What an incredible job. Hashtag blessed. So I just thought I'd throw out something modern. pastored a small church um, several years ago, and I don't want to give any location, um, but I, one Sunday morning I was sitting down on the, on, on the my, to my left on the right side of the sanctuary on the front row just prior to the service starting. There was a tap on my shoulder, and it was one of the uh, ladies in the church, and uh, she said, Brother Jonathan, we have a problem. Oh, okay. By the way, the best time to talk to a pastor about a problem is right before he gets up to preach. If you didn't catch the sarcasm, you save that one for later, okay? Uh, but I, she said, Brother Jonathan, we, we have a, a problem. And I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, Brother Jonathan, there's a, a young lady that's come in the door, come in the back door, and, and, and she's just not dressed appropriately. And I think you need to do something about it. I said, okay. Do you know who she is? Well, no, I don't know who she is. But do you know any, anything about her whatsoever? And um, she said, no, no. She, she was so consumed with, with her own comfort. And what was around her, what she wanted me to do was go ask the lady to leave. Now, there's a problem here because I didn't know the woman. I didn't know her heart. I didn't know where she stood before the Lord. And I knew that in just a few minutes, I was going to stand up and preach the gospel. And so the, the, the thing that stood before me was this. I can either succumb to this woman's desires and go ask the young lady to leave, or I could give her an opportunity to preach the gospel, or to hear the gospel, maybe for the first time. The problem is this, those in our church that were um, concerned or consumed with what she was wearing were actually standing in judgment against her. They didn't know who she was. They didn't know her heart. All they knew was how they felt. And in that moment, that was all that mattered. And because they were uncomfortable, because they were, were, were a little bit put off, they wanted her disciplined and judged by me. I kindly explained to her that uh, modesty is appreciated, right? But that I didn't know her condition, I didn't know who she was or where she stood before the Lord. And the most important thing in that girl's life today is not that she go home and change clothes. It was that she heard how much Jesus loved her. You see, as we look at Matthew chapter 7, we, we encounter today a verse that's very, very popular. As a matter of fact, several years ago, I heard that Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 had become the most quoted verse. It had overtaken John.
John 3.16 as the most quoted verse in the United States of America. In the King James, it says, Judge not, lest you be not judged. Well, but the translation, the interpretation of that that's given in our nation, and it's so popular, is, is simply this. It's partial in its form that says, don't judge, or don't judge me. And we, we hear this, and, and we, we, even as believers, have staked a claim as to where we stand on that. And I want to shed some light on what Jesus was actually teaching this morning, and I want to help us understand that Jesus was, was concerned about the judgment that the, that the people were giving because, more, uh, more because it, it, it drove people away from God than it brought, than, than it brought them to Him. Let's understand the context. Oh, well, let's read the text. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at, a, at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let, re, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite! Jesus said, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, let's put this in context. We need to understand that in this religious society, what they knew most of the religious leaders, what they knew most of, of the people that, that stood for their religion, was that they poured out judgment on others. You remember Jesus telling the story of the, 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 the public or the Pharisee that stood on the street corner and he prayed. What did he pray? God, I thank you that I am not like that guy. I thank you that I do X, Y, and Z, and that I'm not like that person. So, so in this religious society, people were turned off and were, were put away uh, from, from the things of God, from the true things of God, because of these men that would stand before them and portray one thing, and, and would live something completely different, and yet they judged others. They, they held a, a hard thumb on everybody else. And Jesus called them hypocrites. And so the judgment drove people away. I want to be very honest with you this morning. I think one of the main problems we have with reaching people with the gospel of Christ in our society, particularly in the Bible Belt of the United States of America, is that people are sick and tired of the judgment that comes out of the church house because they don't hear the grace and the love of Christ from it. I think what people hear is they hear people moaning and complaining about all the, the things gone wrong, and yet they miss the greatness of the love of Christ poured out. Listen to me this morning. If you are a person who has been offended or hurt because of the judgment of the church, please hear me say this. That is not of Jesus. That is not of Jesus. That is something that Satan has concocted called religion. 
that is designed to push people away, not bring people to Him, to Christ. And so as we think about that this morning, I, I want to talk to you about giving grace. Giving grace. My, my biblical truth. I, I've got two this morning for you. The first one is this. Before you judge anyone else, you better get your act together first. Amen? That's what Jesus said. But I think a more important thing for us to, to hear out of this is this. Believers should extend grace to others because grace is what you've gotten and it's what you want. Jesus talked about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How many of you love it when somebody looks at you in judgment? Anybody? Nobody does. Well, why do you think people want you to judge them? It's not about don't judge as much as Jesus, the heart of what Jesus is saying is that we as believers are to extend grace to others as an extension of God's grace in us. Well, let's look right quick this morning at what Jesus says. Verse number 1, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus begins by saying, number 1, extend some grace. Don't judge too harshly. What, is he, what, what do you mean by that? Why is that? Because the standard you use in judgment is the same standard that will be applied by God to you. You remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What was the point He's making here? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. The person who is merciful, who understands the mercy of God, can, can in turn extend mercy to others because of the, the goodness and mercy of God in life. Now here, when you, when you look at this, I've got the verse there for you in the Amplified Bible. This is what it says. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourself. That, that's pretty clear. Well, well let's, let's understand what Jesus is first not saying. Jesus is not saying, put your blinders on. Now, when our society quotes, don't judge me, they, what, what many mean is this, put your blinders on and ignore what's going wrong or what's going on in my life. You just look straight ahead. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about anybody else. Just put those blinders on so that you can't see what's going wrong in life. Is, is that what Jesus is saying? No. Because the entirety of the text of Scripture says something very different about how we, we live before this. So Jesus is not saying if there's sin in, in someone else's life, just ignore it. That's none of your business. Uh, that is not what Jesus is saying. What He's saying here, is instead of put your blinders on and ignore the sin in someone else's life, He's saying this, don't hold everyone else under a magnifying glass. And this is what we're good at. We are good at holding a magnifying glass to everybody else. We see the standard and oh man, they didn't meet up to that. Something must be wrong with them. 
And so they begin to, they, they begin to zoom in. And, and, and what we say is, back off of me while I zoom in on you. That is the wrong perspective. Do not judge. Do not hold everyone else under a magnifying glass. So, so what is this judgment? This judgment is this. is a harsh or destructive criticism or condemnation. It, 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 may, not, it may be a spoken word. It may be something you say to others. But it doesn't have to be a spoken word. It can be a, a look. Uh, it can be a look. I, I've, I've met people before that, uh, that I walked into the room and the first thing they do to me is they look at my hair and they, they look me down all the way to see what I'm wearing. Preacher, you're not wearing a tie today. Yippee! I didn't wear one last week either. I don't plan on wearing one next week. Well, they, 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 they just size you up. And then I've gotten those people before that when they finished sizing me up, they, they looked at me. They just had that scowl on their face like, what is wrong with you? Well, it ain't what's wrong with me. It's what's wrong with you because you got the problem. It may not be a spoken word. It may be an individual conversation. Uh, we can say things and, and, and they come across as, as judgmental, uh, even though sometimes we don't mean it that way. Uh, it may not be in an individual conversation. It may be in our holy huddle. Y'all know what those are? That's what happens after church at lunch. Did you see what she was wearing today? Or... Or, have you heard what so-and-so did? And, and it becomes this conversation that, that just goes on and on. And, and we think that we're, we're helping or we want to help them. But the truth is, the more we talk about it, the less help we give. Because we're digging a hole and we're, we're tearing people down. He says, don't, don't set yourself up with a harsh, critical and condemning spirit. This, this verse literally forbids a bitter, hostile, and unkind spirit which delights in finding fault with everybody else. Y'all know any fault finders? Yeah. Look, if y'all know of some fault, if, if you are finding fault with me, I want you to come tell me about it. Okay? I want you to come tell me about it. This gives me an opportunity to get back, right? I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to do that. So look, his point is this. Rather than condemnation, he's getting to this thing that God's people should extend grace. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So if we're going to extend grace, we need to begin from this perspective. God is judged. I am not. And so if you're going to extend grace, this morning, if you're going to extend grace this afternoon when you leave here, or when you encounter someone at work this week, that, that your knee-jerk reaction is to look down on or to say something evil about, I want you to remember a few things. Remember, number one, you do not know the heart of the people you judge. You may think you know their intent, you may think you know their heart, but you do not. You are not God. And judge is not your position. 
Number two is this. Remember, you don't know the entirety of their situation. You don't know everything about them. You don't know why they have responded the way they have. You don't know why they're, they're having a bad day. You don't know all the details that make you want to respond in judgment toward them. So maybe you should take a step back and consider that person before you judge them. Consider what's going on in their lives. Number three, I would encourage you to remember this. You are no better than anyone Y'all hear that? You are no better than anyone else. I am no better than anyone else. Well, the reality of Scripture is this. Apart from Christ, we are all wicked and evil. Our righteousness, Scripture says, is as filthy rags. And when we set ourselves up as, as judge of others, as somebody that can critique and criticize and condemn others, then what we do is we assume that we are better than the other person we judge. The fourth thing before you judge, if you're going to extend grace, is this. You need to deal with your own garbage first. Well, that's what Jesus said. Jesus goes into this hyperbole. He, he goes into this exaggeration. Verse 3. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let, re, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Jesus, uh, Jesus says here, judge yourself first and make sure you are clean. He gives this hyperbole of, of someone with a speck in their eye and, and literally a, a beam or a, a crust of a building in, in the judge's eye. Uh, and, and I wish I could demonstrate that today, but I really didn't feel like I could hold up a trust uh, so for you to see that. And so, so the, the picture is this. You know, if I had a big old two-by-four, Charlie, sticking out of my eye socket, and I, I walk up to you, and I can't even get to you because I'm bumping you in the head, uh, and, and I'm trying to get something out of your eye, that, that doesn't make sense, right? And so Jesus is saying to them, before you start digging in somebody else's business, Get your business cleaned up first. First Peter four seventeen says it's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. Where is it that judgment must begin? Judgment must begin in God's people, God, in, in our hearts. We must make sure that we are walking with the Lord. We are clean. Now, let me point something out to you. A speck and a plank are made out of the same substance. But do you notice whose problem is bigger? The one doing the judgment. It's been said that we most often nitpick in other people's lives about the very things that we deal with the most in us. We judge others for what's going on in our lives. Let me, let me just throw out some examples for you in the church. We like to hammer on homosexuality. Now hear me. Homosexuality is a sin according to the Word of God. But listen to me. We can't hammer on homosexuality 
when we've grown comfortable and accustomed to adultery and pornography in our midst. Because sexual sin is still sin regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of what form it takes. And so we can't hammer everybody else when we are accepting of of the same deviance, same type of deviance in our lives. We we hammer oh this gonna make this may make some of you mad. We hammer on abortion. Now abortion is sin. Abortion is murder and it's sin. We become hypercritical of those who would even consider it. But let me ask you, would we ever offer an alternative? Would we ever offer an alternative to those that are in those circumstances? Say, adoption. I mean, we, we, we have abstinence programs, abstinence education. It's needed. But in our sex-saturated society, once a, once a young girl is pregnant and considering abortion, the class is too late. So is there something else we could offer? Such as adoption? Is adoption an option? I'll turn into a poet in a minute. Is adoption an option in the church? It better be. When God's Word says pure and undefiled religion is this, to care for the widows and orphans. We can't hammer someone else's problem when we're unwilling to, to step in and, 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 and offer the help and the hope that is needed. This came home to me years ago. I worked for the Boys and Girls Club. We traveled to Meridian, Mississippi for training. And uh, one thing about uh, working with the Boys and Girls Club, I was only a few... Um, white people working for the Boys and Girls Club. I don't, I don't mean this racial in any way. But we sat under, under a man, a, a, a teacher, um, a college professor teaching us about behavior and, and everything going on. And he asked this question, how many of you in this room believe abortion is wrong? I raised my hand as did most of the other people in that room with me. And then he asked this, how many of you, how many of you are willing to adopt the little black boy that you work with in the Boys and Girls Club who is living with grandmother and the circumstances, the circumstances are horribly wrong. See my point? We want to hammer on the sins of others when sometimes what we fail to do as a church is offer grace to those in need. Grace to those in need. We see poverty around us and we we wonder and we complain we about that poverty and all the while, we're surrounded by greed and apathy based on how we're making Why is it that we as a church rely on the government to take care of an issue that for centuries, centuries, 
taken care of by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus says, judge yourself first and make sure you're clean. We can't harp and hammer on everybody else's sin, everything that's wrong in society, if we're not extending the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to get dirty in the thick of it. Third thing is this. Help a brother up. Don't put him down. The point Jesus is getting to is not, don't judge me. The point Jesus is getting to is this. Rather than judging others, we ought to recognize their need, recognize their problem, and send a hand to pick them up out of it. Verse 5, hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Look, when you see a brother or sister in need and trouble, even in sin, it's not our job to run them down. It's our job to help them up. It's our job as believers in Christ to step into a dirty situation and help bring the beauty of Christ out for men and women, boys and girls. Matthew Henry said this. He said, counseling and helping, but do not judge him. Too many are faltering and walking away from the faith because no one is there to help them in, the, in their time of need. God's Word says that we are to bear one another's burdens, that we are to, to pick them up, but we can't and won't do that as long as we refuse to look as long as we choose to look away and refuse to, uh, to, to step in, do you understand that it is an act of grace? It is an act of grace uh, in our lives to help others in times of need. Jesus gives these clear instructions. First, deal with your own problems. Now, some of you look at me and say this, well, preacher, i got so many problems, uh, I can't deal with all my problems with until... Or I can't deal with anybody's problems until I get all of my problems done. Listen, this, Jesus is not saying you be perfect. What Jesus is saying is this. What you have done, what, what's going on in someone else's life, you step in, but you make sure that is not a, an area of temptation or struggle for you before you offer to help them. He's saying Get your problems right. Get your get yourself in order. Get yourself ready so that you can step in and demonstrate grace. That is, is this an area of weakness in my life? If if their struggle is an area of weakness in my life, then I've got to pray doubly. God, cleanse me. I've got to pray. God, strengthen me. I've got to pray. God, help me to reach out and help them. And then, in that time uh, of going before the Lord and preparing before the Lord, we are to extend the help uh, the, uh, in the grace of the Lord that they need in their particular situation at that particular time. What is it? What is it that Jesus is saying? It's time that you and I stop trying to be the judge of everyone and start being a living example of God's grace 
to care for people in their times of need. To, to love them and lead them through in Jesus. So, listen this morning. Some of us need to begin with repentance. We need to begin with repentance because we have set ourselves up as the judge of others. We, we've, we've become critical in our spirits and and we've become condemning in our spirit toward others. And, 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 and that does no good. And so, so where, where do we begin in extending grace? Is that we begin today with repentance. God, I have, be, I have become a judge of others. And I have failed to give them grace. Some of us this morning need to apologize. We need to take a step of obedience in the repentance and apologize to the people we have set ourselves up as judges against. We need to repent of our judgment, but we also need to repent of all of our known sins. It's time for God's people. If judgment begins in the house of God, then we have to acknowledge that we, apart from Christ, are wicked and that we make bad decisions and we walk at times in sin. And when we know those sins, we must repent and turn back to Him. And when we don't know those sins in our lives, some of us this morning need to begin with this prayer. God, show me. Show me any sin in my life so that I may confess and repent of it. Show me any sin so that I may turn back to You. Show me any way in which I have failed to walk with You. Then this morning, some of you, you know the need. You need to take a step of faith and reach out. Reach out to help those that are floundering today. It's not enough to have a conversation about somebody that is judging them. God calls us to reach out and step in to help a brother or sister in time of need. Now, let me say something to you. I asked this question Wednesday night. How many of you know a lost person? I don't want you to raise your hand this morning, but I want you to think about something. If I say, how many of you know a lost person or name that lost person, many of us clam up. We clam up because, number one, if we name them, all of a sudden it becomes a responsibility we feel to share Christ with them. We need to get over that. But another reason we, we refuse to name lost people is that if we, if we call somebody lost, what do we feel like we've done? We feel like we've judged them. Can I tell you the worst judgment you can extend toward a lost person is to ignore their need and never share the gospel with them? Because if you refuse, Jesus is not saying, don't call somebody lost. Jesus is saying, recognize their need, get yourself right, and then take the gospel to them. But if we look around us and we say, oh, I don't want to call anybody lost because I don't want to judge anybody, ultimately what we're doing is we're judging them by saying, hey, you may have a need, but I would rather you go to hell than me step in and help you find Jesus. There needs to be some repentance today, and it starts in me. And I ask, 
to walk with me and his brother across, repent of all known sins, including judgment, and begin today being a giver of grace to others in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the for the grace of Christ. I thank you for your grace that would look upon me as a sinner, lost, separated from you, bound for hell. And without any effort or merit on my part, you sent Jesus to die in my place. God, you did that for every one of us. Father, today there's some in here that are lost. I pray, Lord, that they wouldn't run away from the conviction of Your Spirit, but that today they would run to You, that they would hear the good news of Jesus, and that they would be saved today. I pray for Christians in this room that are so caught up in their religiosity that they stand as judge over others. God, forgive us. Cleanse us. Set us right today as we decide here and now to be grace-giving in our world. Help us, Lord. Help us so that others can come to know you. In Jesus' name I pray.